Welcome to episode 32 of the Free Your Mind podcast. Today I've actually got a guest called James Peters. Now in short, obviously you're going to listen, you're going to find out. James is someone who, in a very short period of time, lost his dad, lost his son, and then was accused of uh, a crime he didn't commit and, and uh, going to, all went to trial. And his experience of depression and, and, and feeling suicidal and, and what he did to come out of that and also the journey he's been on since that point. So I'm actually curious, actually, that's my first question is, uh, yeah, well, what did you do before this and, and what got you into this? I know that's probably gonna be quite a big answer, but yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean, I guess a, bit, a little bit about background is, um, so yeah, I mean, I, for me personally, like for um, from the like, early years, I like a really like a really privileged upbringing. Um, I went to great schools. I lived outside of the country. I, I studied in the US. I lived in Belgium. I, I mean, I, I had a really good upbringing. Children, there was everything was you know from that perspective really really good. Had you no know, obviously you know, really good jobs. Worked most of my time in sort of like the recruitment type industry. Um, worked in, you know, worked at great companies as well in in kind of in house. Um, and everything, yeah, generally was was in, was was good. Was going quite well in life. And actually, there's always some challenges. But everything was going quite well. And then, obviously, 2017 was really where my whole year, my whole really kind of life changed without any real, um, I guess, tool set to cope with that. So first thing, I lost my dad. Um, then I lost my son, and these these two things happened like within six months of each other. Um, and then a family member accused me of a, a crime I hadn't done. Um, and so I found myself sort of July of 2017, 2017 sat in a in a cell thinking, what has happened <laughs> to life? Um, and obviously, yeah, at that point, I obviously didn't have, you know, a t- any sort of, you know, tool set in place. I hadn't even picked up a personal development book. I hadn't even... I didn't even really know what coaching was. I mean, coaching's really taken off over the last few years anyway. But, you know, I hadn't, I just, I'd had nothing. You know, I, I didn't do how I wasn't like meditating, I wasn't journaling, all these like, little things, you know. I was exercising, uh, but nowhere to the near, which I do now. Uh, so it was just like, just so if you was in that situation, the first thought was instantly like just suicide. You know, that was really the, the overwhelming thought is if I can get out myself out of this situation, get myself, you know, home, that will be the first thing I'll do. Um, and kind of obviously had, you know, a, a bit of time to think about that. Um, did eventually obviously, you know, get out of that situation, but I was going through a criminal investigation, which ultimately took me to a um, to a trial um, in 2018, um, which obviously came out that not, I wasn't guilty of, uh, of what I was, was accused of. What was the crime, sorry? The crime I can't really go into just because okay. of the fact yeah. it was just with bound by the laws and stuff but it was a serious it was a serious allegation it took yeah. it would have been a 20 25 year wow. print sentence so it was, yeah. a, it was a it was a it was a serious uh allegation to have been made but um so yeah so really that kind of that between that period of time 2017 18 leading up to that i like i started i actually you know had to start to really be able to um start doing a lot of sort of personal development type work really because I was going through a situation where I needed to be in a good place especially going into a, a, a you know criminal a criminal court and a trial and taking the stand so I got I started seeing like counseling uh, I mean I'm probably if I went back a little bit from there my first real started to change the situation was when I um you know I I, I phoned some mountains ultimately at one point and to be able to get help because I was in the situation where I had things like sleeping pills and painkillers, all this type of stuff. I didn't want to be here. Um, through that situation, through just speaking to people, gave me that kind of insight that there actually there was another way. Because I was actually out up until that period of time was, was was a pretty private person. You know, I didn't like a lot of people didn't know what was happening. Obviously, people didn't know what had happened, but actually weren't aware of a lot of the stuff which was actually happening. So. Um, so I was keeping up, obviously, a lot of it to myself. 
um, and obviously family who were around at that particular time. But it was very, it's obviously a very challenging situation to go through, especially with what we were already going through as a family. So I was going through a lot of it myself. So yeah, reaching out to people made, probably made the biggest difference. Um, and then through that, I eventually started seeing a counsellor who was very much into Buddhism. So I really started getting into kind of a lot more around meditation, a lot more sort of breathing techniques, really started to really change my physiology, change my, I was really high on, he had high anxiety. I really, really, you know, you can tell, like, you know, you, you could just, you can just, obviously you can sense it now. I can sit like, I can just now, obviously with the work I've done, I can tell people very quickly, their aura, their physiology very quickly, what they're going through because it's naturally, it, it rings like a doorbell now. Whereas obviously back then I didn't even know about it, but I knew there was something wrong. I just had this massive high, high anxiety. Um, I couldn't really string a sentence together because it was just, it was, I just, you know, it was so highly strong. So I found meditation was probably one of the biggest, biggest changes uh, at that time. Anyway, got through all that pit, got got through that situation, but um, and then really it was, I kind of just knew, always knew that there must be something out there, there must be something better than this, or I must have gone through this for a particular reason. Um, and then I just started consuming, you know, started going on YouTube and just literally consuming content and hours of it at a time. So I think I got into people like Abraham Hicks, Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, Les Brown. So it's all always across through cross between motivational stuff, cross between neuroscience, neuroplasticity, and just really just got obviously got into Jay Shetty and his podcast and just really just started thinking there's actually so much out here um and then that was really it really then 2020 um yeah well yeah so 2019 i sort of i went back end of 2019 so before covid i went to bali and spent about two weeks there and it was a big change there like nothing really happened but i just felt it was a big change i ended up taking a couple of books with me um like hal elwood's uh hal elwood's miracle morning um I was obviously at that time into sort of like watching stuff around SAS, Who Dares Wins, and got into Ant Middleton, those type of books. Picked up the, the David Goggins, David Goggins book, Can't Hurt Me. And that probably changed everything, actually. That book mm. probably changed everything because it just was like, wow, there's, there's just so much there. And obviously his story is super powerful and impactful. Um, so, yeah, I remember coming back buying a weighted vest and started running <laughs> and just literally just, yeah, just, just thought there's so much more out here. Um, and just started exercising like an absolute, just we had running and, uh, running half marathons in this weighted vest and all that type of stuff. And then it's all spiraled a lot. A load of, there's a lot of change over the last sort of couple of years, but that really changed a lot of stuff. I started training my mindset, retraining really it to be a lot more tougher, um and then yeah got in obviously new jay's work and he just set up this coaching school and life coaching and i started to have a coach probably just before yeah probably just before covid time something like that um and like he was like going wow like you've got such a powerful story yeah you can help so many people because i didn't really know what i was doing i didn't i didn't i never thought about coaching i was dabbling in affiliate marketing i was dabbling all over the place really without really having any real concentrated effort in one um by that time I, I still wasn't very i still had really low self-esteem pretty low self-confidence like i obviously you know, now like i'm very comfortable in speaking to people very comfortable in shooting videos off the cuff very comfortable putting out content but that like a couple of years ago i wasn't at all i was really not at all i hated putting myself out there so um so I just think he was like, no, you've got a really powerful story you should share. And so I've ended up doing this coaching stuff with Jay and, and um, it's, it's kind of obviously spiraled a little bit from, from there really. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> so many, so many uh, thoughts and questions around all of that. The, the one that comes to mind um, is I'm curious, like, because because often it can be when we go through challenges that that causes us to reflect or uh, to kind of go inwards. It seems like that that always seems to be the case. Some form of adversity, some form of challenge. Uh, for some people, it's obviously earlier on. Some people, it's later on. I don't think it, you know. There's any doesn't matter where it is. It seems like some some form of challenge causes us to look inwards or question or. or uh, but yeah, but. Often what, what I found or what I've seen is, is 
once I've seen it, it then becomes more obvious. Um, how do I word this? I guess if I was going to turn this into a question, like with everything you've learned, do you look back and realize how many things kind of affected you? Or do you feel like you was happy right up until say 2017? What's been your experience? Um, I think, I think I was, I was pretty, I would say I was probably living pretty comfortable, pretty comfortable life really. I wasn't massively challenged. Um, I hadn't really been through any adversity as Sarah had a pretty good, you know, obviously upbringing, really good, uh, really good parents, really good dad, all that, so you know, sort of stuff like that. And I think, I think what I found obviously is my dad was probably my, kind of like my rock really. Like he had my back a lot um and probably in a way now looking back probably too much to a certain extent because i was shielded a lot from maybe some of the challenges in life um which um and but you could call that you know, i was very very lucky obviously very very privileged very, very fortunate to have that but maybe i just i was maybe shielded a little bit too much and if things did go wrong like actually obviously they, they 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 do in your in your in your in your life and especially in your teenage years when you kind of when I was at certain points of my of my teenage years kind of off, off the rails to a certain extent. But I was never really I wouldn't say like I wouldn't say, I wouldn't like to say disciplined, but you know, I wasn't I remember literally I used to live in the States back in, uh, I was when I was about, about 20 or 20, 20 years old and I was a bit off the rails. I was drinking so much. Um, and I remember this person come up to me and said, like, you actually need to join the army. You need to get some discipline. <laughs> and I, just, I remember I remember telling my dad, we both just laughed, but it was actually true. Like I can look back now and actually I did. I was just, I, I just didn't have any discipline. I was very, I just, I just did what I wanted to do. You know, I did what I wanted to do and I was probably very, um, yeah, I mean, selfish, uh, 100%, um, very into myself. I was very materialistic. Um, everything was about, you know, everything was out there. Everything, it had to be the relationships. It had to be the car. It had to be the house. It had to be blah, blah, blah. Everything was out there. There was nothing in here. This was completely gone. There was no, like, no empathy, no compassion. It was just like, so I had to go through and... It, uh, I remember watching one of the Dr. Joe Dispenza videos, probably only a couple of years ago now, probably over that COVID time. And he says, you'll get, you'll, you know, there will be an up, there will be something in life which will happen where your soul will be saying, hey, wake up, you know, there's, there's more to life. And that was really what happened to me, really. Like, if I hadn't gone through what I went through, like, I wouldn't have changed because, mm. you know, we, it, it, it wouldn't have been a need to. So, um so yeah no very much so i think um now i look back i do look at it i do look at it as a gift you know it was a gift because i you know i have been able to you know to change um like completely as a person mm. um um but i wish i never would have i've never would have done you know if uh, if i hadn't gone through those um you know through those experiences um mm. and i think it's always a way when you look back you know, it would have been easy for me to, you know, to, I don't know, go off the rails, whatever, before what I went through. And I think it's always, now I look back and gone through my personal development journey, which is always, it never ends. It's always continuous. I'm always taking courses and always learning and going deeper and deeper and all that type of stuff, reading books. That you can never change, obviously, the content of your life. You know, what's happened has happened, but it's always the way, the context and how you can reframe it. And, you know, sometimes like for someone like a divorce can be the worst thing in the world and it can affect them for the rest of their life or for another person, it's the most empowering thing and most liberating thing which has happened to them. Or you could go on a, you know, you can go to the fair, whatever, go on a scary ride and then and someone else goes home, has the same experience, goes home and they're completely happy and normal when another person's now suddenly really scared to be at home because they've taken a whole that's human behavior isn't it and it's just so and that's what i think fascinates me like some people like now around it and working with people you know it's it's fascinating how you know um people see things and how they kind of ultimately run a lot of patterns and programs from childhood which they've never they've never questioned yeah it's mind-blowing isn't it to uh to think about, I remember that was, um, I don't remember when I first realized this. 
And no idea. Because for me, like I've said this many times, but I kind of always imagined that tr- human transformation would be like this massive explosion. The, the skies would open up. There'd be, I don't know, some God uh, singing or something. Like something, uh, <laughs> not that I necessarily believe in, you know, a man in the sky, but, you know, something, something big would happen. And actually for me, it's been more, just little insights over time. I, I kind of I heard it from Russell Brand actually uh, when he mentioned like almost like a string of fairy lights, and I thought I'm, I'm stealing that. It's almost just a little bit, little insight, little ah, oh, a little kind of penny drop. And but collectively, you know, you fill this room with fairy lights, and it's actually quite bright. But one on its own, um, I don't know when I when I realised the whole you know, the the inside out versus outside in, you know, seeing that it's not what's going on out there, it's, it's what's going on in here, my perception, my thoughts, uh, you know, my judgments. Yeah, so it's, that's quite, quite amazing really, isn't it? Crazy how we can all have so many, we can all have very similar experiences and yet take something totally different from it. So it's quite amazing to hear how for you, I, I mean, I, I saw something earlier on, uh, not many days go past where I don't see that someone's, you know, commit suicide or it's amazing to see. I mean, it's sad to see, but it's amazing to see, you know, when we hit these crossroads, what, where we go from there. Um, yeah. Which kind of leads me on to another question. I know this is probably a big question. You may not have a definitive answer or maybe you do, but what, what is the, the thing that made the biggest difference? Like for you, you've mentioned reaching out, talking to people seemed to help. You mentioned um, almost, I think you mentioned like there being a choice, there's another way. But yeah, I'm curious beyond that. You also mentioned meditation, but feel free to cover that again if you want. But um, yeah, what was the biggest difference that made the difference? I think, I mean, me personally, it was probably reaching out. I think just, I mean, I guess as males, Mm. you know we're not we're not great right um uh i'm a lot better now um but i know ne- i was never like you know like this now so i don't want to sort of so it's a very different different situation but i know going back what four or five years ago i i i was i struggled with my emotions i struggled with expressing feelings i expressed expelling uh, expressing love i struggled with all this type of stuff I was like, no, 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 massive red light, red flashing light, warning light, no. And it was just like, let's suppress that <laughs> and leave it. And that's what it was, what I did. But I think I'm not uncommon. I don't think, I think that's what most males do. But I think it probably we still do to a certain extent. I think it started to get maybe a little bit better. But I think when we live in this world, maybe of personal development, then we kind of start to think, oh, it's actually normal. But actually when you take a step out of it, it's actually not. So I think, you know, people do suffer, but I think it's the thing. I think males, we kind of need to be strong and masculine and not show affection and not show weakness and blah, blah, blah. And it's obviously really damaging because that's where I think, you know, people really struggle because they're very um, uh, self-conscious. And from my own personal opinion, I was very early self-conscious, not very confident, didn't really want to tell anyone anything because I thought they might use that against me or they'll judge me. Like, like judgment. I used to live in like judgment, like I think no fear of the good opinion of other people. Like, oh, I mean, I used to, and it's a bad place to be, but you only learn that when you go through, you know, through certain situations and, and then kind of um, realize that, you know, it's your own, you have to be who you are. Um, because, yes, yeah, a lot of people run by in the genesis of the good opinion, good opinion of other people. Um, oh, I can't do that because people are going to judge me or I can't do that. And, and I actually now run towards that to a certain extent. I enjoy putting myself out there. I mean, I was even like doing stand-up comedy a couple of couple of shows last year and this year and stuff like completely, completely oblivious. But I didn't really care. You know, people hated it. People didn't laugh. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. But, you know, if someone said to me four or five years ago, it would have been an absolute hell no. So I think it's, you go through those different, those challenges. But I think for me, going back to the question, no, it was, re- it was re- just reaching out to someone who was able to just be non, I mean, when you do phone someone like the Samaritans, obviously, you know, they're trained in this, but there was no judgment, obviously. There was no, there was just listening, you know, and I just realized how powerful listening was. 
because it's not something you get that often. I mean, we kind of, we listen to reply, don't we, in most instances. We listen to what someone says and we say, well, how can I respond to this? Or how can I sort of give my take on it without actually just listening? Um, and it's a really powerful tool, uh, you know, you know, to have. And I think that this made, I think, a big, big difference because I think and it opened my eyes to then go and get a counsellor and actually go and sit and speak to someone for an hour every week and just chat through stuff. And it was, I was like, wow, you know, this is makes a massive difference. <laughs> and even sometimes they don't have to say anything. I, I found like this lady who I spoke to, she didn't really say anything. She didn't have to. I just was, she just let me speak. Mm. And she would always say certain things. Like, you know, I was like, obviously naturally have was grieving or lost and stuff. So I was writing letters to my son, my dad to get over, you know, to, to, to do that because that was a really powerful way. Um, it's, that's my way. It's not, not someone else. I would never recommend someone, someone else to do it because it's not their way, but it was really powerful for me, but she didn't really say very much for an hour. She probably spoke a couple of minutes, maybe mm-hmm. five. And I was just like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I so I think made, yeah. I think, I think that's, that's what, I would say probably that made the biggest difference, honestly. Mm. And then med- meditation did. I did get a quick reaction to meditation because I knew I was quite highly anxious. And, mm. and and obviously then I was very much, I was going to, I had obviously a um, uh, solicitors. Um, I, was, I had a, a QC who was going to be obviously be my QC in court. And so they were judging me because they had to, because they wanted, they had to have a component who they were going to be confident was going to be able to stand up to a, a rigorous questioning or and, and, a, and, a, and a rigorous trial and obviously being judged by a, a jury. So, um, so they had, they were, they were harsh with me, which, um, which was a powerful learning curve. Um, but I had, I so I had to, I would say to a certain grow up pretty quickly, but I think, I think through meditation, they saw massive differences from one, one week to the other. One week I was like rabbit in the headlights. And next week I was just like, yeah, it's cool. It's no worries. I've got it. Yeah. And it was, and so meditation, I think was, was really, really, really powerful because just glowing that, you know, that brainwave, just lowering the thoughts, starting to, you know, really take those breathing Breathing's so underrated and it's so challenging because that's how we stay alive. But if you can learn how to breathe properly, it changes your physiology, you know. Um, and I, I'm doing a lot. And I even finding now, like, I'm about to go to the States in September to do a, to do a Navy SEALs 50-hour hell week. Um, and so I'm doing a lot of time with, like, preparing for it with, like, online on, uh, with SEALs. And the breath work mute my mic because someone's I think they're loading a lorry outside so carry on speaking <laughs> no sorry and and so I'm spending a bit of time with seals at the moment but the breath work around the exercises like there's like you can just bang out 100 200 burpees but if you know how to breathe properly there's no issues with it and it's the breath work is one is I've only just really learned this I mean obviously I knew a little bit about it but I'll probably learn more but I would say going back you know a few years I've found I've, I found just speaking to people um and a meditation is probably the most powerful uh sort of tools i i learn quickly yeah yeah i love that that's um yeah i don't know if you can hear this bleeping but basically i think what what happens is if i go to uh if i go to record it's like uh everything decides it wants to make noise but <laughs> but yeah no i love that just going back to what you said first thing uh yeah just the, the power of listening is is incredible um i know a lot of my clients have always been people that have never spoken to anyone they've never sometimes haven't even said it out loud um and to have that space is is just incredible really as you said we normally listen to reply or we're listening to our own thoughts or we're listening to what have they said that's similar to what i think or when do i when do i get to speak or it's uh to have that space, I think, is incredibly powerful. It's funny when people, uh, people that don't understand coaching, maybe talking to a client, and then they're like, "Well, what, how's talking going to help?" And it's funny because when you know what we know, that sounds like the silliest thing that anyone would ever say. But when you haven't experienced it or or been on the receiving end of that that space, that non judgmental kind of loving space where you can just express and explore and and just 
yeah, it's uh, it's such a powerful experience. I love that you you experienced that. And actually, it's really amazing to hear how much of a difference that's made because a lot of people will have therapy and counselling and it might not help or um, or even coaching before, it might not help. I don't know if you have to have the right person, the right energy, the right... I don't know if it's like a kind of almost like a chemistry thing. I haven't quite figured that out yet. But um, but yeah, then you mentioned the meditation and the breath work. Now, they're things that... Um, breath work is something that I've always done a little bit of but not really that much of, but it does seem like I've seen it growing in popularity even in recent years, which is making me look a lot more at it, play with it a lot more. Uh, I had Wim Hof's, Wim Hof's course years ago, never even finished it, but I've always found that that makes a difference to me. If I'm getting ill, I do that. That's my go-to hungover, which I rarely am these days, but um, we're getting ill. It's like, right, let's get Wim Hof. That'll sort it out. <laughs> That's brilliant. But is is breathing is breath work is that something you're learning about or playing in or exploring at the moment or? it's something i'm doing a lot with at the moment yeah i mean yeah. Wim Hof is another one i got into and, and i was doing his on his app and i was doing i was doing it but um and it was super it was super i know it's a big big difference I didn't use it all the time but i remember using it thinking where it's you know it is powerful but then kind of like one of those things where you kind of forget about it and you go oh yeah, i need to do it and stuff and i was doing it in the morning in the morning sometimes but i don't know if i was really in like really properly going for it or engaging enough in it to make a real real difference but i did i did it did make some differences but as i say it's only really as i say as i'm going in to do this um navy seals in the in, in, in the states and actually the person who runs this is quite a guy called Mark Devine in the States. He's got a book like, yeah. like Silfit, yeah. Unbeatable Mind. It's really, 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 really popular. Um, comes obviously from the sort of the David Goggins type perspective, mm-hmm. but it brings a lot more spirituality and does a lot more yoga and yoga and stuff. So he, like, Goggins is a little bit more like boom, boom, boom type, most of like in your, tight in your face type stuff. He comes from it from a slightly different angle, but he really promotes box breathing so i've really got into box breathing he's got his own they've got their own app as well which is obviously you know you breathe in for five you hold for five and then you um out for five hold for five you do like suck a box uh they've got an app as well and you can you can do it for long we can do it longer than five and go up to you know six or seven and so we can kind of change your way change the parameters to a certain extent so i started to do that because i know that's needed for this for this seal stuff um and but then one they also teach them like warrior breath where it's like breathing like breathing through your nose and out through your mouth really quickly like really and just how it changes like the physiology or how it changes how you do a certain exercises or how you change how you recover as quickly as possible is it's really powerful and i suddenly realized that actually breath work is super powerful because you can really change your like your nervous system and if you are if you do have high anxiety or you do have you know you are suffering from depression or anything like this or suffering from low negative emotions which naturally a lot of people are people i speak to are anyway sometimes just having some breath work or breath exercises in 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 in, in your back pocket is would be is really powerful really really powerful um and so yeah i'm a big I'm becoming more of a bigger fan. Um, but it sounds weird because it's someone said to me, like, that's what keeps you alive, your breath. You know, it's the most powerful thing you've got in your in your in your in your armor. Someone could take everything away else away from you. Arms, legs, whatever, your limbs, but your you know, your your breath is super important. It's like, oh wow, yeah. And obviously we, we naturally go through life through our five physical senses. So if you even if you took out all those five, even if for whatever reason you took away all those five physical senses, as long as you had your breath, you know, you're still in the game. Um and it's and it's and it's just like, yeah, wow, it's just like, but you never taught this at school, right? You never taught how to breathe. <laughs> and there's so many people are mouth breathers, and it's mm. so like and it's so bad. You know, it's so bad. <laughs> but it's it's you're not taught how to breathe, so how can you know? <laughs> it's mind blowing, isn't it? It's um yeah, box breathing is something I was taught. That's that's when I said I do a bit. Box breathing is something I consistently do most of the time. If I'm in traffic, if I'm if I wake up and I want to get back to sleep, if I want to relax, if I'm I don't wash up anymore, I've got a dishwasher. But I remember when I was washing up, I remember thinking, how can I make this more fun? And I was just box breathing while I was doing it. Um, 
And yeah, I try and integrate that uh, random, but I've actually found quite useful during sex as well. It can kind of nice. prolong it a little yeah. bit. So I've, yeah. I've explored it a little bit just to see what, you know, when can this be useful? Um, yeah, nasal breathing as well. It's, I struggle with that when I'm doing a lot of talking because then I find I can't breathe in quick enough. But nasal breathing, I remember, I don't know where I learned that from. Um, but yeah, yeah, I did a breathwork session a while back. But I think like what you mentioned, it, it's fascinating. We're not taught at school. We're not taught about thoughts. We're not talking about emotions. We're not talking about like, uh, taught about sort of vulnerability or breathing. Or It's just crazy to think that we... You know, it's almost like I imagine sometimes, you know, as consciousness, we we get in our car and we drive. And I, I don't know, I've never really used this metaphor before, but it's like, you know, our brain is the engine and we've got all of this stuff going on. But yet for so many of us, you forget that, you know, our, our nervous system's doing its thing, our, our heart's pumping, our, our all this stuff is happening. And yet we forget to notice or even yeah consciously pay attention to it so yeah breathing is is quite a fascinating one when we look at it from um i, I guess it depends on where people come into this conversation some people are in quite a, a dysregulated nervous system state a lot of the time and i think from what i've seen things like breath work meditation um can can be quite quick wins for these people uh i, I did live next door to someone that did breath work i've recently moved but when she had talked to me about her experiences, she'd go and do it in companies or, and that spaciousness that I think you sort of touched on earlier on, you know, where you, for whatever happens, your vibration drops or your brain waves change, or you switch into um, different branch of your nervous system, whatever it is that happens for some of those people, they would feel that. And they would feel that quietness, that stillness, that silence. And she said they would just cry. It's like they hadn't felt that in so long. And that's mind-blowing to think about that some people, you know, are in that that place. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just going off on a bit of a tangent there, but it's just quite interesting to, to think about. No, it is. It's a really, it's really, I think it's really powerful because, as you said, you know, our inner world like follows our outer world where naturally we think the other way around. Like we need this stuff in our outer world to make us feel happy and whatever inside. And it's obviously naturally it's completely the other way. So we, we are creating our own reality through the way we are and our thoughts and our behaviors and all that sort of stuff. There's nothing out here. I, cause everything is just how you see it internally. You know, someone could think, the government we've got is amazing. Someone else can think it's terrible. You know, someone else looks something at the news and think it's great. Someone else can tell you, like, it's all, you're creating everything. Like, there's nothing really for your own perception, for your own lens. Um, and so it's just being able to actually, you know, I, that's what I actually found over COVID time, you know, in particular, obviously with being on my own as well. Like, I, it was a really powerful just to go really deep and really, you know, sit in silence and, and kind of really start to, you know, to learn a lot more about yourself because that's the challenge I think a lot of people face now, especially with instant gratification and apps and worse social media and blah, blah, blah. Like a lot of people are just running off automated patterns and programs and it's just, and it's, um, and, you know, you can see it, you know, they don't want, you know, when they, when they're, when they're, they're sat at home and obviously I've, you know, I've got it too, but I sometimes as I can be aware of it, you know, if I feel, you know, disengaged or disconnected, you know, instantly I'm trying to pick up my phone, wait, looking for that connection, looking for that like, looking for that comment. And I just think, what am I doing? Like I can just have like, why am I picking up my phone? Why don't I just sit here and sit in the silence and fit and, and maybe feel a bit uncomfortable, but kind of breathe through it or, and most people, I think they, they, they very rarely can sit in silence. You know, you put them in a room on their own and say, sit here, they'll hate it. <laughs> you know, and that's just, that's ridiculous to say, but it's such way, it's the way, you know, you know, no, we are, people don't want to be sat with their thoughts or sat on their own. Um, and I, I see when, when you through coaching, you know, naturally, you, you know, you, you sit, oh, I'm really lonely or um, I'm really down about stuff or they've not got, certain things in their life they want and all this type of stuff and it's all about reframing that because you can only ever happiness only ever comes from within like no one else is going to make you happy and no one else is going to love you more than you're going to have to love yourself and stuff like that and it's been and that's really powerful it's better to train yourself to 
to be able to you know to be very happy and very very comfortable and love yourself as a person because then when you're at that stage things will show up for you in life because you're ready for it um but as i say most people want it the other way around um and it's being able to to change that and that's again it's how we're programmed in, in you know in society to a certain extent you know everything we see or consume is really telling us we're not good enough if you've not got this or you've not got that or you don't know and it's and it's and it's it's damaging really because most people naturally do naturally think they're not good enough you know they have a very low self-esteem low opinion you know of uh, of themselves and um and that's the primary human fear, right? Of it's not being good enough, not being old enough, not being good looking enough, not being short enough, not being rich enough, whatever. It's all all links back to that, um, and that's the biggest challenge I think we face. Yeah, you know, is you know, is is to be able to be able to you know know that you're born good enough. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that just because uh, I've seen. It took me a long time to see that, I think, in other people, um, just how the different patterns show up, the not enoughness, how it shows up, it shows up in different people. So I think as you as you uh, probably aware, I've spent most of my time working with very successful people who have everything. Uh, and it's amazing to see how many of those have created success out of that not enoughness to prove their parents wrong to because their teachers told them they'd never amount to anything. They grew up thinking they were stupid. For some of them, they actually still have these these insecure voices in their head that tell them they're idiots. They still think they're blagging it. They're imposters. They're they're employing people more intelligent or better educated. And it's amazing to see that that has been the the route they went down to to show, look, I am good enough for, uh, yeah, the, the, the money. Cause now this, I've got a client that thinks that or thought before I, but as you know, it wasn't conscious until we find it. And then they're like, Holy shit. I didn't know I was doing that. It's like he'd created success cause he thought he was boring and unattractive and there was nothing really interesting about him. So he's made himself interesting with money and success and other people obviously do it with their bodies or, um, I mean, it could even be done in our industry as well. If I look back at my early days, I think a lot of this, it was, there was, it wasn't all one thing. It was, it was a, you know, like a soup in some ways, like a lot of it was passion. A lot of it was how much I was changing and I need to tell the world about this, but there was certainly some validation mixed in amongst that. My, my deepest fear that I know a lot of people have shared when I've opened up about this and, I thought I was mental. I thought I was bipolar. I thought I was weird. I thought I always kind of felt whilst I fit in, I'd kind of created a mask to fit in. And, you know, it's like, but yet inwardly, I actually felt, I didn't know I felt this, but I felt awkward and I felt socially kind of anxious a lot of the time. I didn't know that until looking back, it's like, oh yeah, I get that. I was always preferred to be on my own because it was easier and, yeah, it's just fascinating because a lot of, for me, was um, even when I first started doing this, I think some of the validation I got through this work was, was um, yeah, I thought I was nuts and I thought no one gave a shit about anything I had to say and I had nothing of use to bring. So when people start watching your videos or sending you messages, you're like, oh, yeah, I am good enough. I am good at this. <laughs> what, what's your experience been? Because I know, obviously, um, I come across you on Instagram and it looks like you've got quite a you know, good following and followers and all of that stuff. What's your experience with that? How have you found the kind of Insta, Insta fame, if you want to call it that? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think, um, I, th I think it's, as you say, you go through those, those different, different, different sort of changes. And I think I like, I've done a lot of work over these last sort of, you know, 12 months or so. Um, and I'm a big fan of, um, of Dr. David Hawkins' work, Power Versus Force, Eye of the Eye, all about consciousness. Um, yeah, he's not around anymore, but his work is like what I've personally found is like super powerful. Uh, but he always talks about the ego. Um, and he always talks around, you know, we, we're basically, you know, we still have those, the animal brain to a certain extent, you know, in, in us when we have obviously the prefrontal cortex, which is more the angelic part, more, more the spiritual stuff. So that's the, always the challenge of every human is to, is to not get rid of the ego. That's impossible, but it's to understand that 
you know, when you're coming from those more sort of egoic type of um, expressions. And, and that's what I've, I've sort of really been working on um, is being able to, you know, really sort of question some of the thoughts I was having or some of the, the situations because you can get caught up, you know, in ego. Oh, look at me or I've got this or everything's this. And, and then you kind of think, actually, what are you doing? What are you doing? And there's this question like, what is it? What? No. And it happened to me really recently. Like really recently, I think obviously with stuff that's happened and I knew I was coming from the ego and I was thinking, well, I think things aren't just, something's not right here. Something's, I've gone off track. I've lost something. And so, so I was a, a really big fan uh, of the healing, the Hawaiian healing. I don't know if you come across it called Ho'oponopono. And I've read books by this guy called Joe, Joe Vitale and it's really powerful. It's like saying these four things, ultimately everything's within you so it's about having these four sayings like i love you thank you i'm sorry please forgive me and you can say them all any order you want but they're really powerful sayings and um and i came away from that like i stopped doing it uh and i remember and i remember just thinking to myself a couple of weeks ago like i, I just was not right and so i brought it back i brought it back in went all in on it again read the books um, kept saying to this to myself all the time I love you please forgive me thank you and it's basically saying that within you know with, within you and it's made a big change again I feel feel better again um, but it's just so I think for myself and and obviously having you know getting maybe a little bit more attention now or people reaching out and all that type of stuff it's actually just tried to to just continue for me personally to um, offer as much value as I can and it's not about you know any sort of you know fame or or anything from a monetary perspective I mean I even spoke to someone probably a couple of hours ago um you know who wouldn't be able to you know to pay or to afford you know my services but I spent you know half an hour an hour with her and, and I said like what do you want to achieve on this call um and she said I don't know what we can achieve in in, in so little time and I said oh no, let's just wait and see and yeah she came off the call um completely transformed um and that's for me is the most powerful thing you know is to be able to help someone who's in obviously a naturally difficult situation um and just go and they go and they're just so thankful um you know it's not about that to me is you know is everything and that's why i do put stuff out there now around any sort of content because and that's what I used to not do. I used to think, oh, I'm going to be stupid or people are going to judge me all that type of stuff. Naturally, I've always had all that. Then I started doing it because I know it's, if it helps one person, you know, if, if one thing I say makes someone think differently or change their perception or makes them think a bit different, then that's the all I really, you know, really, 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 really care about now. Um, and to kind of take myself in a word, in a certain way, take, take myself out of the equation. You know, I don't really, I don't really think so much of myself to a certain extent in a way of which, um, of what I want to do, you know, or what the ego wants to do, which naturally is to, you know, do this or that. I just kind of say, I, oh, you know, I just override it and say, I'll do that. And I don't care what the outcome is, you know, um, um, and stuff like that you know, you know sort of certain things like you know I always used to struggle with the expression of love you know just 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 with the expression but it could be I'm like partner it could be family whatever and I just offer it all the time now and uh, because um, and it's authentic but I'm never looking for it to come back that's like that's like horse trading that's like that that, that doesn't work you know um, but a lot of people do what they kind of what and I, and I like you know, I give it because that's who I am or who I've focused on being. Um, and you kind of take anything out of what comes back, really. You don't expect anything to come back. Um, um, and I think that's kind of where I'm kind of probably at now more so. But it takes it takes work. Or it takes, you know, it does take work. It takes a lot of personal development. It takes a lot of, um, you know, self-growth. It takes a lot of self-inquiry. Um, when you can just come offer value, offer love, and then just, and but not expecting anything in return. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it kind of touches on something you said earlier on, especially as men, not, not just men, but especially as men, I think even the expression of emotion, it still shows up for me. You, you said something quite early on in the conversation, it's never ending. I'm always amazed at how this is never ending. I'm always amazed at how, like you said a second ago, it's like the stuff that works for us, we seem to forget about. And then we come back to it and go, oh my God, I forgot about this. Or why did I stop doing this? And then we do it again. Or stuff still shows up. It kind of feels like every time, every time I think I've reached, well, I wouldn't think I've reached the top. My ego might tell me, yes, you've completed it now. There's like this new level. And I'm like, oh, well, something new shows up. I feel a resistance to an emotion or a saying something or an expression of an emotion and you think ah oh, there's something there so that's uh but yeah that's amazing what you said about you know being able to um kind of give without expectation because a lot of people do give to receive uh i don't know if you watch big bang theory but um sheldon cooper a part of the reason i love him is because he reminds me of a part of myself that that's in there and uh i think when when penny gives him a gift he says, you haven't given me a gift. You've given me an obligation to get you something of equal or greater value. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We can operate like that as humans all the time. If I give you something, you now need to give me the equivalent back. It's quite difficult to, uh, or can be quite it's, difficult. Yeah, go on. It's, yeah, it's what, I think we've brought, we brought up sort of that way. It's like a horse trade, isn't it? You say this, mm. you say that, you give this, you give this. Like, so if you said someone that you know that you love them and they didn't say it back that's something like the worst thing in the world and stuff like that it's just like it's just like it doesn't work like that like unconditional love it, it doesn't kind of work especially if you want to get to that stage and mm-hmm. I've one of my coaches um, I part a lot of his courses I actually went to his 50th birthday uh, in June in um, in Tenerife Peter, Peter, Peter Sage he's really you oh, know okay. really, yeah, yeah. Really, really, really powerful and uh, he has great you know he has great metaphors great analogies but one of his things is like we're in earth school you know it's like going to school you know when you go when you go when you when, when you progress and you go from year five to year six you've got an exam there's going to be something so something in life is going to challenge you if you can get through that then you're going to go to year six and what happens in year six well you're going to get tougher tougher tests mm. you know it's just a thing that as, as you continue to grow or you raise your levels of consciousness or you raise your level of awareness or you connect with what the infinite intelligence within or god or however whatever sort of label divine whatever type of label because as you say you know the kingdom of god is within you like the, in, the, everything is within you it's not as you say it's not someone in the sky who we pray to it's everything is 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 within you and and it's being able to connect to that and that's a really powerful powerful way but there's always going to be you know tests there's always going to be you think you've you think you've nailed a certain element of oh, really I think I'm really good on this now. Well, what's going to happen is probably going to be a massive test. It's just going to come way to challenge that belief. Mm. Um, and you see it obviously naturally, you know, probably obviously relationships are always the biggest challenge because it's, it's something where you've, you know, you're, you're, you know, you're really giving your heart to someone to a certain extent. And then, and so that's probably the most challenging situation you'll ever really sort of, you know, going to get, you know, going to get into, and you see obviously a lot of, you know, a lot of things happen in those, in those situations. But, um, but yeah, I think he has great met, you know, analogies around listening at earth school, you know, we're in earth school, we're here to grow up, you know, there's no, there's no final exam, you know, it's, or if we do, we do think we've made it, we'll probably get a bus come, come over and lock us down and take us out of the game and go to the next life. <laughs> because he's, as you say, you're never going to, you're never going to, you're never going to, we're not supposed to. Um, so yeah, it's always really, it's always really, um, you know, always really interesting. And I always say, like, I'm, each day, I kind of, you know, there's always you're always picking up some some new 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 things or new ways of working, or I always try to look back to say, like, you know, if I'm not, if I don't wake up, you know, one day and think I was how incredibly naive I was the last day, then I'm not growing up, I'm not working, I'm not getting better. So I think it's always. It's always the way, you know, there's never, there's no sort of silver bullet saying, oh, I've made it, ah, oh, perfect. I've, I've mastered the game of personal development because <laughs> then something's going to come along and, and ruin it. <laughs> it's quite quite funny to think about because I'm someone that, um, I've got a friend that will always say, oh, yeah, I watched this film. It was really good. But then at the end, you find that actually is an alien and, and uh, they all die. And I'm like, well, thanks, mate. I don't really want to watch now because... 
I know the ending. And I, I always found it weird when I would like think, oh yeah, I'd try and fantasize about winning the lottery. And I'd find myself feeling like, yeah, I don't really think I'd want to. It's almost like, uh, and, and that got me curious. Like, why is that? And, and when I'd kind of feel into that, it's like, because part of me kind of almost suggested that part of me doesn't want to just skip to the end or, um, and I've seen that with a few clients. I've had so many clients now that have sold their business and they've told me when I sell it, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, this is my ideal day. This is, and they're just, all the stress leading up to it and they finally sell it. And a few weeks later, a few months later, sometimes even more, they're bored. They're living their ideal day and they're bored. And it's, they miss the challenges. They miss the, you know, the, the, they haven't just sold the business. They've sold this purpose. They've sold challenges. They've sold, you know, new areas for growth. Every time there's a problem, there's adversity, something goes wrong, shit hits the fan. They have to continually evolve. So it's quite interesting to watch how the ego kind of almost, you know, promises promises this future happiness. And if you're ever kind of fortunate enough to get there, then like, Ah, <laughs> what's next? Which does kind of employ, uh, sorry, not employ, imply even. Um, yeah, like, well, not imply, but I think for me that, I think it was, um, yeah, Jimmy Carr on Stephen Bartlett's podcast, which was surprisingly enlightened. I didn't expect it. I thought he was just a comedian that just read a joke book. Turns out he's actually got more, a lot more to him than I realised. He says about just, you know, enjoying the passage of time. And I know it's such a simple sentence, but I love that because I think it's so easy, especially when you're going through difficult times, to want to wish it away. You want to wish away the difficult years of your kids or wish away the pain you're feeling or the whatever, or, you know, you want to wish away these next few years because then I can have a bigger house or more money. And it's amazing how we can fall into that, wanting to wish away these challenges, but actually take away those challenges and you find yourself kind of bored or <laughs> it's like always chasing what we don't have as opposed to being able to just enjoy it now and, and everything. Uh, yeah, enjoy the, the process, enjoy the journey, enjoy the, and there is no end point, like you said, or I haven't found it anyway. And I'm, I'm quite reassured when I learn from, I like to learn from people that are like 70s, 70s, 80s. Um, and they say the same thing. And I'm like, yes, I actually really enjoy that because it's, I, I love growing. I love, and like you said, if I, if I don't look back at last week and think I didn't know what I was talking about, uh, then I know I haven't really grown I love that that growth. So I don't think I'd ever want it to end. Um, yeah, just quite interesting. Interesting to hear us on the a similar kind of wavelength in that sense. Um, yeah, on your own. No, 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 it's powerful. <laughs> I think because you're right. I think a lot of, as you say, a lot of people who do have success and they're chasing that success, they're chasing the next paycheck, they're chasing the money, they're chasing the the future or the laugh or the life afterwards when they've got the money they don't have to work and all this type of stuff but as you say when they get to that like success mountain to a certain extent they want to they want to jump off the top because it's not what they thought it was going to be and and i think it's and it goes a lot back to again the inner world type of stuff you know a lot of you are chasing you're chasing the placing the money maybe you for, maybe you forgo a lot maybe you don't have the greatest relationship with your wife or the greatest relationship with your kids and so when you get to that end point and then you realize you've worked all these hours and you've worked all these years and you've even though you've got the money in the bank your wife hates you your kids hate you <laughs> and and then you think shit was it worth it um and i think that's and it's a pretty powerful look back to, to say that you know it really when you do get to the end of life and obviously you know i've, I've, I've been there um with that um and seen someone slip away you know just take take their last breath that you know no one's saying can can you go and get me my bank statement or can you go and get me my keys to my ferrari or can you go and get me my you know my my all my sort of uh my, you know, my my trophies or whatever like that. It's like they want just family and people who they love around them at that period of time. And it's a really and so I think the, the really powerful exercise which I use with people is is sometimes like it's the is the deathbed exercise because mm. always look at the end of life and work back because because then you can say is is this going to be really important to you? Is this situation which you're going through right now? Is this situation with this person who's really annoyed you? 
going to really matter when you're on your deathbed. <laughs> no. Well, why, why does it matter now then? So it's just a really powerful sometimes to look back because a lot of the stuff which you chase or you think is important, if you're on your deathbed, actually it's not at all. It's just actually having people around you who care for you, who love you. And, 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 and I think that's really what it's all about, really. That's quite cool, actually. Yeah, deathbed exercise. I'm just thinking about... Um... I don't know where I read this before, but essentially, like, what would you? Is it your eulogy? Is that the word? Yeah. When, yeah. Essentially, what would you want people to be saying about you? Uh, yeah, or even to think. One of my biggest fears was always running out of time or, or dying with regrets. I'd say it was probably still is still still dances in there somewhere. So it's quite interesting actually to think about. Like, yeah, I wonder how often people stop and reflect on. You know, what what is this the life that I want to be living? Am I being the person I want to be? Um, yeah, it's probably a question for you. Actually, we'll we'll wrap this up in a second. Um, what? Because everyone has obviously there's there's what society considers success, and even different kind of con- countries and cultures. But what what is your own personal definition of success? I think for me personally, is like living living a life of authenticity. I'm completely honest with you. Uh, I think it really is, it's really that I think if you said to me four or five years ago it would have been obviously a completely different um, a completely different answer it would have been like you know it would have been the job it would have been the it would have been the house it would have been the money in the bank it would have been all those type of superficial things I would say not they're not important but you know it wouldn't have been it wouldn't come from a you know live a you know live a life of yeah authenticity you know I've lived a life of where I've being who I wanted to be, whatever, whatever that, whatever that, you know, whether that takes, you know, whether that takes me as long as I'm authentic to myself, my feelings and my emotions, and I can express those um, without fear or without judgment. Um, I think that's, um, that to me is someone who is, you know, live, you know, for me personally, lived a, you know, a successful, um, a successful life. Um, and obviously I think, I think we hear, as you know, as humans we're here to you know to help we want to leave obviously the world a better place than we than we went than we arrived um and obviously we can do that you know you know I, you know i never know what the future will be obviously i you know don't have a uh any children obviously did and you know and i look at that whole situation very different now if i was to have children again in the future but you know, sometimes you want to make an impact on them. And I think also I'd, I'd definitely be a, you know, a different parent um, than I would, than I was, uh, even though it was for a short period of time. So I think it's, but I think, I think when you really slip back to it, I mean, everyone wants to be happy, live, be, happy, be happy in life, but I think it's just being authentic to yourself. And um, I think it's really, it's probably when you, when you really strip back, I think when you strip back all the onion, when you strip back all the layers, almost says to me, when you strip back all the layers of the onion and when you get back to like the core of everything, it's like, have you expressed, you know, are, are you living a life of authenticity? But have you, you know, have you expressed, you know, love? You know, that I think, I think when you go to all the spiritual teachers, you go to all the people, the gurus, whatever, it's all has its genesis in love way. Right? And it's like, and, and I think that's really where we're all going or wanting to go towards. I think when you look at life, you start at the top because obviously you're born from a place of, you know, no patterns, no programs, just, you know, you're born into love, you know, to, you know, to, you know, and, and obviously those early years all, you know, very much you can do no wrong. I know being a, uh, a dad at a time, you know, when my son was born, no, you can, sick on me you could poo all over me you could poo my suit whatever like it didn't matter like it, that you know that was what it was it was just that you know obviously once they start to get a little bit older two terrible twos all that type of stuff then you then you realize there is that sort of two-way type of conversation and then you start putting down you know no you can't do that or then you just maybe get a bit more peed, pissed off if they do you know, are sick on your suit or whatever, or new trainers, whatever it is. Um, and then obviously then it's the cycle of, you know, then they're picking up these patterns and they're picking up these programs and they're picking up all this stuff from their, from the parents and from childhood and through to adulthood. And, and then you come down to here 
and then you can only work your way back up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, I think, the evolution of life, really. You start here and you kind of go through crap and then you kind of start learning and you start getting rid of all that patterns and programs and all that stuff and you get back to love. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... <laughs> agree with every word of that yeah i don't think i can do any better than that it just um yeah a client said to me once i feel like he said i feel like all my life i've been putting stuff in a bag and now we've just spent all this time just taking everything back out of the bag <laughs> but yeah exactly what you said I, I couldn't improve what you said there it's fascinating to watch that journey uh and i love the the piece about authenticity as well because that's um I, i'm not sure well, it depends on where people are in terms of their awareness. I know certainly for a lot of my clients, I can almost imagine them before working with me, like not really having any concept of what authenticity is. But And then once they get into the conversation, they start to realize it kind of seems like we just want to know ourselves on some level and just be who we are before the world told us we couldn't be it, really. It kind of feels like a lot of it is going back to the stuff we did as kids or the stuff we loved doing as kids before we was told we couldn't, or it was weird or whatever. So yeah, it's a fascinating journey, but on that note, I'm going to wrap us up. Um, but no, pleasure, James. It's been a, no, no, it's been great. Yeah. Thanks so much. I loved it. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to have you on and, and yeah, just we've gone on a few different journeys throughout the conversation, but all, all fun. Uh, it'd be interesting to hear what people get from this. Um, so if people want to know more about what you do, uh, Where's best? Where's best for them to find you? Should I put your website or Instagram? Yeah, or? I think yeah, exactly. I think uh, obviously website, Instagram, obviously active on there. Um, so yeah, James Peters lifestyle on both. Um, I'm starting to do more more stuff on Twitter now. Um, okay. So that's James. Just my just my name, James C Peters. Actually, um, transformational mindset coach. Um, to do stuff on there, but yeah. I'd say website and probably Instagram are always the, um, the probably the biggest go-tos. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll put a link in the, in the descriptions. So people can find that. But, um, but yeah, no, awesome. Well, have a good one and I will speak to you next time. Great. Thanks, James. Thanks, James. Yes. Yes.